<laughs> Lori, you good? I'm good. I'm actually recording from home because uh, I've been doing the morning show. So somebody has had to fill in for me uh, this week. We were hoping maybe she wouldn't have to, but uh, there was some circumstances. Somebody said yes to something, and probably should have said no. <laughs> he didn't say no, probably because he truly felt like he could do the task. Oh. And I offered him four times to come in and see how it's done. He's like, no, got it. Because everybody thinks it's easy. I know. Because people like you make it look so easy, and it's not. So he thought he could just breeze in and do it, and then he couldn't. And who came to the rescue? None bum, other bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at home and he's texting me. Can you send me a step-by-step? I'm like, been there, done that. I sent that two times last week. The step-by-step, it's in your email. And then he just didn't even answer me. I actually had to do damage control and say, this person has to fill in because everybody in the world is on vacation. He's not interested in learning how to do it. And I don't want to leave you high and dry, but he has assured me he can do it. So I just want you to know if it doesn't get done that at least I did my part. Wow. And so did he try and fail or did he just say, I'm not even going to try? Oh, he tried and only to find out that the way he was hoping he could do it wasn't working. The entire engineer department had to go and say it's not set up that way. So when he went in to try to do it the way Lori does, absolutely didn't know how to do it. An hour into that shift, I see the engineers come out flustered. And I'm like, what's the problem? They tell me. And I'm like, do you want me to do it? And they're like, we can't ask you to do it. But yeah, that would be so great. So I go in and I'm like, hey, man, I'll just do it for you. And he's like, no, 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 I, I, I'll figure it out. They just taught me how to blah, blah, blah. And they're about to blah, blah, blah. And then the engineer, like, hears everything. And he busts in. He goes, let Anna do it. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson is know and accept your limitations. Or be willing to learn. Be willing to accept yeah. your limitations and say, okay, I humble myself and you can teach me. One of the things I was concerned about, and this probably is uh, more about me, is, you know, is everybody going to think that I just threw it at him and didn't bother to train him? Are they going to understand that he was absolutely not willing or interested? Knowing that all the engineers were in and everything, it's like, I hope they know that I would never just throw something at someone and not do my part. And I, I think they like me enough to know that I wouldn't do that. But that was my big concern. Is everybody going to think that I'm just like... That's interesting that that would be your reaction because that would be my reaction too. Not not that he messed up, but that you messed up, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. But I know I know that feeling. You want to make sure that you're... That, not even that your butt is covered. You don't want anyone to feel like you slacked off, which is terrible because probably 90% of the people in there know that it's him that slacked off. Your client doesn't know that, right? And that's what you're protecting. Yeah. Hopefully it spoke for itself. Hopefully people that needed to know knew what happened and <laughs> why everything, you know, happened the way it did. So I actually have something that, that's kind of the flip side of the guy who didn't want to be trained for another job that I do. I recently had to train someone, an older person who is not 
particularly technologically savvy. And my job was to make sure he could do what he had to do, but also kind of assess whether or not I thought he could do it. And he was such a nice man, and I wanted so badly for him to do it that I went ahead and said he would be okay, and it was a disaster. He was just awful and ended up, I don't even think he got fired. I think he quit. I think he knew. (laughs) I think he knew that it just, it wasn't there. And then they brought in a new person, also of nearly the same age, but just a little calmer and a little more willing. I don't know. I want to say willing to listen. I think I'm willing, a little bit more able to listen. Maybe that's Mm. the way to say it. And he did great. And I'm so glad for him that he did great. But I'm wondering, like, even though in my heart I knew the first guy was going to fail, I let him go ahead anyway. Is it, I guess it's just because I really, he was a nice guy and I wanted it for him, you know, but it ended up just being stressful for everybody. And I think there's a point at which you, you have to be able to say, I'm sorry, this is just not going to work out. I'm just bad at that. (laughs) Do you want to be good at that? I do. I wish I had a little bit more of a spine for hurting people's feelings because even though it would have hurt his feelings in the short run, his feelings were probably much more hurt in the long run when he when he really couldn't do it. Yeah. And I do think that I really talked about that, how this is difficult and this has to be like this and the exacting nature of certain things. And I really, you know, set him up for the task that he was into. But we did a Zoom and I like watched him. The way I teach people is I make them share their screen and they click all the buttons and I just tell them what to do because, you know, I think the muscle memory is much more important than showing somebody what to do. And um, I just knew it. I could just, I just knew it wasn't sinking in. And I, I should have gone with my gut on that. And I, I just, I wish I had, you know. But I really, I just have this, like, I just, I don't like hurting people's feelings, you know. But I should have in that case. You know, it's funny you say that because you know I teach people to be coaches. And one of the things that we actually talked about in our class today is that uh, holding people big, which means you know, believing in them enough to think, okay, they can handle the bad news. But sometimes, you know, we think, oh, they can't handle the bad news and I don't want to hurt their feelings. And we we actually make it about us because, you know, we want to be nice. We've been taught to be nice. But actually, when we make it more about them and say, well, they're a big, per-, you know, they, they've got their big boy pants on, they can handle bad news. You know, it's such a reverse of what we grew up with, but it's yet it's so much more honoring and um, makes us feel like even though, you know, we have to do something bad, often it ends up good because maybe he would have gone and got more training and came back stronger, you know, but it is interesting how it is really hard to say things or to let people down when in reality um, that that's actually about us. and and saying the hard truth is being actually loving, which seems weird. It would, does. Would there have been enough time to keep training the guy to a point where he, it did finally click, or was um, it in in this particular case there wasn't enough time? Um, it really had to be done quickly. Um, I do think that he could have been salvaged for the future. I think he could have been matched up with something that had a different... Uh, this job requires... Um, uh, there are various ways that the news is delivered. Um, FTP, a special website, email. Some are harder than others. And I think that he would have been more suited to some of the ones that were technical. You know, where he could focus more on the actual news and less worry less about the, the um, delivery oh. method. Just emailing it, I think he could have handled. But 
That's also not the business model. I mean, pretty much everybody has to be able to do everything. Yeah. So I think eventually, yeah, he probably could have come up to it. But also, I don't think he would have enjoyed it. I think he would have been that's that extra too. scrutiny. <laughs> you know. yeah. It's like that. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> yeah, really. It really is. Yeah. But that. what did you call that, Lori, at the beginning? How did you describe it? You called it holding them big, believing that holding they... Holding them yeah. big. Believing they can handle it. And if we believe the better of people, it gives them the opportunity, number one, to deal with it and do what they need to do. And number two, grow, maybe. That is hard like thinking about what would I even do in that situation if I liked somebody so much that you wanted them to succeed, even though they're failing miserably? Like, how do you handle that? I don't know how I would. Well, and it's such a different emotion from your situation where you're training somebody who doesn't give a rat's ass, <laughs> but, but you still need them to succeed, you know? Well, yeah. and I think, yeah. I think there's extremes because, you know, what's the extreme? The opposite of that is Simon Cal. You know, no, you're terrible. You're awful. But also, what we love comeback stories. And when people have the opportunity to, you know, maybe have to take a hard no, they can then decide maybe if I really want this, I'm going to try even harder and even be better. Or maybe they're like, you know what, that isn't what I really wanted anyway. So I'm glad I tried and, and now I can move on. So it's like when we take it off of us and put it on them, then they get to make the decision of what they want to do with their life. Well, if, if you said no to the guy, Claire, would you have had a plan B? Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't my plan B. It was my boss's plan B. But yes, if, if I had given her an honest assessment right away that he couldn't do it, she had a fallback. Nice. Yeah. So that, I hate to use the word mistake. I don't want to, well, I guess it was a mistake, but in retrospect, it was a mistake. Yeah. At, the, at the time, I think I really thought oh, he's going to, you know, rally. Um, so yeah. And I wasn't in trouble. She wasn't upset. Mm -hmm. She was just like, Oh God, we tried. And she knew too. She, she said, uh, that she also had an inkling in her heart of hearts that it wasn't going to work out, but you know, she also kind of wanted him to succeed. Mm -hmm. But then, um, you know, she got the job of canning him. So, and again, management gets the big bucks, right? right? You know, in this yes. particular case, I had somebody over me who, who made the hard decision, but I shouldn't have put her in that position. I should have said, yeah, no, that's not going to work. And in the end, you know, it's just radio. Nobody got injured. And we didn't lose the client. Everybody's fine. But, um, you know, it's tough. It's tough. We, just like you said, Lori, I was raised to be a nice person and be kind and see the best in people and, and root for people and, and want them to succeed. And, and sometimes the kindest thing you can do is say, this is not for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, because, you know, if, if you think about it, if you're in a position of authority, people are going to ask you to write recommendations for you. Or, you know, I can't tell you how many people have asked me, will you, you know, I'm applying for this job. Will you go on and fill out this form? And I'm thinking, man, what I know is this person doesn't show up ever on time. And if I say, oh, they always show up on time. You know what I mean? And, and I think mm -hmm. that sometimes it's, we just... Sometimes it is hard. It's hard to be in a, in a leadership type position where we have to make harder, harder choices. And, you know, so, so what do you, what do you do about that? Like, so if they're like, okay, write me a recommendation. Do you say no? Um, or do you just write something else that's other than the time 
that the the fact that they <laughs> that's a good question i i will say yes if i can say some good things because if you've ever done a recommendation they say what are their weaknesses and what are their strengths they ask you that so it gives you the opportunity you know, they don't say, tell us bad things. They go, do they have strengths and do they have weaknesses? And so that's where you can put it in there. And sometimes the the strengths are um, good enough or they at least go, okay, I know that being on time is an issue, so we're going to have to address that right up front. But it, at least me being honest gives them the opportunity to make that decision. Yeah. Would you have said they're never on time? As a weakness, have you? Would you ever say that? Um, if yeah, if it was really bad, I would probably say, "Do you think you're really ready to go to work yet?" You know, I might have a conversation uh, with them first, and I might say, "This is what I'm concerned about," and then see what what they do with that. And of course, if they get really mad and say, "Forget it," then I don't have to worry about it. But uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's it's hard asking the hard questions. You know what I mean? But I don't know yeah. that being nice, sometimes I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes being nice is not being kind. Yeah. Right. There was a guy, I can't remember if I told you guys this story before, but back when I, when I quit theater, uh, there was this guy, this like this assistant uh, artistic director that everybody hated, such a jerk. I mean, just awful, awful human being and not that talented really in, ter in terms of what he did. And he was up for a job on the East Coast. And uh, one of my colleagues gave him a glowing recommendation. And we were like, why would you do that? And he said, well, because I want him to leave. <gasps> and, <laughs> and in the end, he didn't, he didn't get the job and he didn't leave. But I thought, I, I appreciate your sentiment, but that just ruins your reputation. If you say somebody's awesome and he's horrible, no <laughs> one's ever going to believe you about anything, you know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Well, we've done a very good job of avoiding talking about the election. Oh. I will say this. The lead up to it was very stressful, but now that it's over, I don't care. <laughs> I don't even know about half of the things that turned out. I know some did and some didn't, but it's like, and I work in the media, so I shouldn't denigrate the media, but the media and, and, social, and social media, our own friends and colleagues, hype this stuff up so much that it really stresses you out. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, is that what I got stressed about? Yeah. <laughs> I love what Trevor Noah said. He said, finally, all of those calls are gonna end. And all those ones that come like late at night and they're like, hey, Trevor, are you up? And he's like, yeah. Oh, for the election? Oh, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so. I got one. I'm, I got one yesterday. No, no, today. I got one today <sighs> about apparently they're trying to recall some uh, school board members. <laughs> And I'm like, wow, did you pick the wrong week to, to do that? Because I am so upset with these calls and texts coming in. And <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm not even listening to what you have to say. You should have given it a week. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh. And, and you know what? I'm just going to say this. I am so sick of the thing I hate about political, whether I like the person or not, is why in that field, in that arena, do they always get to just slam and, and say horrible things about the other person? And I'm like, you know what? I'll be happy if this ever happens, which I can't imagine, when you just talk about what you're good at and why you would be good for the position. Why do you have to take down someone else? I mean, it makes me not want to vote for a person, even if I, I think I might like them, because why do you have to slam somebody else to make yourself look good? I just, I, I, I do not like that, and I never will. Sorry. 
I know, but there's such a culture of fear in our in our country. Mm-hmm. There's such a fear drives so much at every level. I used to think it was just the national level, but it's local now. Fear drives everything. Uh, so I agree with you, Lori. Back in my day, we were just talking about this. Like I remember, like there'd be a flag and an eagle, and there'd be Ronald Reagan or Walter Mondale or whoever it was, and it was all about their values, and they would be walking in a field with their families and their dogs and talking about America and how much they love it. And now it's like, this candidate will eat your children and lock them in a cupboard. It's like, I know which one that is. Oh, wait. I know. In, in Oregon, it's, it's hilarious in Oregon because the thing that all Oregonians are united on is how much they hate Californians. And so all of the ads here are all, she did the same thing in California. He wants to bring California values to Oregon. It's like, oh, my God, it's so funny. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was watching some, um, well, on election night, um, former Governor Gary Locke, uh, he was one of the sort of commentators on, you know, how things were going as the votes were coming in. He was asked what's the difference between how people were doing their political ads today than when it was when you were elected or when you were a candidate for uh, for governor. And he was like, everyone's just meaner. These ads are so much meaner. And he's so right. And it's not even just what's said. Even the pictures, the images, mm-hmm. uh, they, they choose the worst, worst pictures of some of these candidates and it is so awful like some of them they're usually you know pretty okay looking but they will make them look like a grouper Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) there's one candidate like she's she's okay but but then they'll put a picture of her with her like her lower teeth like looking like it's outwards like frankenstein (laughs) 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 eat your children Well, it, and, and then first, first thing Wednesday morning on one of my posts, somebody's like, now, aren't you sad you ran this particular commercial? And I'm like, you know, if you know anything about TV or radio, you are absolutely positively required by law to run both sides. Yes. And they're like, yeah. did you ever think about? And I, I just, I like deleted it. I'm like, I can't even. Oh, come on. We right. <laughs> Like you have the power. It's not even about the money. It's about you have to. You have to show. I mean, I I do uh, public affairs and I don't ever do a political one because I've got to do both, you know, equally both sides. And it just stresses me out. So I just don't even ever do anything political. And it's just like, you know what, to try to explain that isn't even worth it. It's like, you know what? Right. We'll just delete you. (laughs) But if if they were paying close attention, they would have noticed the opposition of that candidate was on back to back with that. Right. I mean, that's all that's been happening the last two weeks. Right, guys? Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. They run back to back and you can't tell who's who because they're both in that gray, grayed out looking like groupers. And you're like, voiceover guy. You're like, was that all one commercial or did it, did it, was it two? I mean, where does one end and the other one start? Yeah, and then it's like, I approve this message. And I'm like, wait, which one did you actually approve? (laughs) (laughs) And then they're all like, paid for by people who are not on the campaign board or a group that are opposed to this other thing. (laughs) What? Who paid for that? (laughs) Yeah, oh my God. 
Lori, that's so funny about the equal time. I did that back back when I did public affairs in uh, in Savannah, in Georgia and South Carolina. Uh, I, the, I had the exact same thing. First of all, I just wanted to do things that I thought would were interesting and would help people, mm-hmm. you know, and and so highlight organizations and issues and historical, you know, kind of stuff like that. I just really wasn't all that interested in politics. But when the elections came along, I, I got a lot of pressure. And that equal time thing was hard. And especially because in my case, it was pre-recorded to run on all six stations. Mm-hmm. And so getting the candidates together was difficult. So a couple times I would I would interview them separately and then I would have to cut my file so I had the exact identical amount of time given to both of them but there were a couple times when I was able to interview them together I'd go out with I remote equipment I'd get them to meet me at the radio station so we had a uh, um, uh, equal what do you call nonpartisan yeah. venue <laughs> and and it and it went well but I was so stressed doing it I just hated that because I was so worried about that equal time mm-hmm. thing you know yeah yeah. Ooh. People love to sue. <laughs> yep. You know, some a fun thing I did get to do one time was I got to um, moderate, and, and believe me, that word is not accurate, a, a debate. Um, actually, I did it twice um, in South oh. Carolina for this uh, community called Port Wentworth. They had the um, mayor and city council races, and so they had a, a candidate's debate where they had, it was a million people, it was like 10 people running for these city council seats. And... Um, and it was great because I didn't have to hardly had to do any work. They gave me all the questions. There was a timer who was this mean old lady. <laughs> she was not afraid of anybody that was three times her height. And she was there with her timer, so I didn't have to cut people off. She did that for me. Mm. Um, nice. And um, that actually ended up being kind of fun because, you know, like I said, I didn't have to really, I didn't have to stress about it. I just had to show up, you know. Um, that was interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I have to tell you about an interview I did yesterday with an organization called On Watch. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. So they uh, have a training to help you uh, help you know what sex trafficking is. So if it's going on in your neighborhood or in your store, they have one for um, uh, businesses that you will know to make a phone call and report it. And, um, you know, I, I try really hard to, you know, to not get emotional during interviews. This one was really hard because they had a woman who had been sex trafficked, uh, on with the guy who was talking about the training sweetest thing. Her name is Julie. She was a preschool teacher. Are you ready for this? She was going through a divorce and there was a kid in her preschool and the dad was really nice. And he was like, hey, I'm sorry, you're going through this. I want to help you. And he wanted to support her. And it didn't take long for him to win her trust. And she like, you know, just totally fell for him. And pretty soon he's trafficking her. And she thought, oh, my gosh, I have this terrible boyfriend. He's sharing me and I don't know what to do. And then he would tell her, I'm going to send these pictures, you know, how couples will take pictures Uh, to your ex-husband. I'm also going to share it with your preschool if you uh, don't do what I ask you to do. And so she really, he had such mind control over her. And what happened was he uh, took her to breakfast somewhere and somebody was watching them. And he said, I just had this feeling something was really wrong. He called the National Trafficking Hotline. They went to her And were able to rescue her. She was in her own house. It was happening. She was going to work every day. But because he had 
you know, gotten this mental control over her and he's in prison now. But isn't wow. that a freaking amazing story? And here's this sweet girl telling this story. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm about in tears. And it's because a person that was at the restaurant recognized the signs or some signs. Yes. He, he went, something's wrong here. And then it wasn't until she was in therapy that she was able to really call it what it was. Because she just, she said, I just, I just thought he was weird and wanted to share me and I didn't like it. But then if I didn't do it, he had all, he was going to, you know, ruin the custody of my children and all of this stuff. And um, so it's such a great training. It's called I'monwatch.org. And it takes about an hour to go through the training. And I think it is so good because... You know, we don't realize it's going on right under our noses and in our neighborhoods. We think it's sometimes we think it's only other countries and they're bringing these women here. But it's actually happening right here in our neighborhoods in America. Wow. And can you tell us some of the things to watch for? Is it really you need to go through the training to really understand it? It would be good to go through the training. But here's what we what we think. We teach stranger danger. We teach uh, to be careful you know, of your surroundings when you're out and about. But the problem is there is a bigger percentage of this happening right within people's own homes. They have a relative or a step parent or even a parent and they will sell them for drugs or for other things and then they threaten them. And so it's very likely happening to people by people in their own surroundings. So teaching them the language, you know, knowing how to ask a good question. And the one thing that is really good, you know, if you've ever taken a road trip and you go to the, uh, the uh, rest areas, you're going to see all the signs, right? Mm-hmm. And the phone number to call is that you never approach a trafficker. So even if you think maybe you have a neighbor that's doing this, you don't approach them. You call the hotline. But uh, often you will see, um, uh, you, you know, you can just tell that the behavior is off and you feel something, but you don't know what it is. And so it's really easy to dismiss it. And what he said is make the phone call and be wrong. Make the phone call and be nice. wrong rather than don't make it. He goes, there was one time I probably should have called and I didn't. And I regret that. And there was a time when, uh, remember the big May Day things in Seattle, Anna? It was a May Day. And I was trying to get on my bus and get home because all hell was breaking loose in Seattle. And I saw what I thought was maybe somebody trying to coerce some girls. And I, I, I just stood there by them because I was like trying to like listen. And had I known there was a hotline, I would have, I would have called it. Um, I didn't know there was such a thing. I didn't know what to do. I knew that I had to get on my bus and get out of town because it was going to be the last one. And I always remember that. And so knowing that there is a hotline to call and it's better to be wrong, uh, I think is huge. And how can we hear your um, interview? It's going to be on Warm 106.9 on Spotlight. It's going to come out the 4th of December. And also, we're going to do another one in January because January is National Trafficking Awareness Month. You know, we we had a girl that was, um, she was in our, you know, Esther's Place training. She helped us. But what happened was she was at the bus stop and she got drugged. And she was a drug addict, but she got drugged and taken from Everett to California on I-5. They call it the corridor. And it was almost two years and what something happened to her 
pimp and he didn't show up. And so she came off the drugs and she's like, she didn't know where she was. She didn't know what year it was. She tried to call her family and they did come rescue her, but they all thought she just went on a drug binge and they hadn't seen her. They had no idea that she needed rescuing. So she got back here and had to go through counseling and she got into rehab and um, she got all of her kids back and she has a phenomenal life right now. And she's actually uh, a a drug and alcohol counselor. Wow. Mm -hmm. Nice. That is some inner strength right there. Yeah. You know, it takes a huge amount of bravery to be able to walk away from that or even accept help because there's so much fear of what they can do and how they can totally destroy your reputation, everything about you. They could, you know, I mean, it's it's very scary, the hold they have on you. She said the physical abuse was terrible, but the mental abuse was even worse. The um, preschool teacher you described, that sounds awful. Like the fact that it so slowly happened that she didn't even realize it. And, and it's easy to stand back and go, well, duh, if you let you have sex with his friends or whatever. But it's not that simple. Yeah. You know, the way coercive control works, it's just you don't see it coming. You certainly don't want to believe it from someone that you're in love with. Right. Oh, so I, I don't want to end on a bad note. So let's end on a good note. So <laughs> I'm doing gratitude and every day. And one of them was, I'm so grateful for podcasts. What's your favorite podcast? And so everyone was sharing their amazing podcast. And I said, one of my favorites is... Uh, crime analyst with, and I tagged her, Laura Richards. And I said, in fact, I end all of my shows uh, with her quote, be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instincts. And she commented, she said, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. And she, she does so much work on course of control. And I think the biggest thing we can do is become aware. That's the best thing we can do is become aware of in our own life and around us and try to call those hotlines if we can or support the people that are going through it. Work needs to be done, but there is work being done, and and I'm so grateful for that. Trafficking is like something that's really, really kind of a new thing for me to hear about, which is nice that we now we have an awareness month for it because I've always thought of it as someone gets kidnapped and they're imprisoned in somebody's basement. So you're saying like with that preschool teacher, they're not in prison. They're not forced to stay home or anything like that. They can like go out. They're just stuck in their minds that they can't do anything other than what this pimp or person is making them do. Right. So they're free to roam. So they, is that right? Yeah. They respect their schedule because they know if they don't keep their regular schedule, people will get curious, but on weekends and off times, or, or like with the kids or with their dad, they actually take them. And if they have to, they'll tie them up and put them in the back seat to take them where they need to go to do the thing they want them to do. In fact, today I was talking about this on our coaching uh, class. And one of the girls in the class, her parents were in a um, senior living home right near them. And the person that owned the home reached out to her and said, my 15 year old daughter is missing as of 4 a.m. this morning. And she was on Snapchat, and so they think somebody on Snapchat groomed her and got her to meet up with them, and so they are searching for her right now. And that happened during our class, right while we were talking about the on-watch training. It is terrifying to think that these predators, they have a way. They know how to act like they're a kind, nice friend, and they get, they get, they get the girls, and even boys. It's not just girls, but they get them to trust them. 
and believe them and then meet them. And then, you know, it's awful. On TikTok, sometimes I see a video of someone knowing, like right next to her, a little girl is about to get abducted and like quickly swoop the girl so that the person that's about to open their car door to, to try to get them in there can't. Apparently this person sees it all the time and always protects girls around her. Uh, I wonder how common that is, you know, because that's the only kind of trafficking, I guess, or kidnapping I've seen. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I, I don't know how common it is, but I will tell you that, I mean, when you look at missing and exploited children, there's a very long list and uh, there, you know, so, you know, we know like Elizabeth Smart ended up getting rescued because somebody had a feeling. We know that, that remember there was one, I can't remember her name, but they had held her captive for years and years and years. Now she wasn't trafficked, but she was held captive. It does happen. I think stranger danger is less likely to happen. And so even that girl that I was just telling you, I wish I could remember her name. I wanted, I, I think it's like JC, I don't know. But what happened was it was somebody's dad from school. So she knew him. She didn't know him, but she saw him and it was somebody's dad. And so she accepted a ride. So I think it's, you know, learning, teaching people to trust their instincts. And, um, you know, also that, you know, being aware we can't live in fear all the time because that's debilitating. But if we can be aware and we can always be aware of our circumstances, having your headphones on and walking not a great thing because you're not paying attention if there's a car behind you you know it's like taking it's like let's not be oblivious and think it never happens but also let's not go to that other degree of it's always going to happen you know we can't always be afraid and not let our kids go do anything so it is finding a balance and the more we know then then the safer we can feel because we are aware of our surroundings and perpetrators are less likely to go for confident children and that's the problem. When a child is abused and neglected at home, they're going to be more susceptible because of that. And a perpetrator is going to then, you know, be nice. Well, they're looking for someone to be nice to him. A kid who's confident at home, a stranger comes up and is nice and they're going to look at him like, why are you talking to me? You know, so again, it's, it's building that confidence in your kids uh, so they aren't susceptible. I guess that is a bad note. I thought I was ending on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> probably my fault because I think I continued on right after you were trying to get another positive note I went right back down <laughs> well the good news is there are organizations that are doing really good work and um, I, you know and I'm, I'm grateful for them for being able to put together some sort of training so that we could know and be made aware because who would think a preschool teacher was being trafficked so at least now we can take that training spread the word and 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 you know perpetuate the good I have to stop talking. <laughs> no, you got, you got us thinking. <laughs> I know. Lori always does that. Yeah. <laughs> gets, me, gets me thinking. All right. I know how to end on a good note. Well, okay. It's not good for us, but it's good for somebody. <laughs> how about that Mega Millions Lottery Powerball thing? Two billion dollars. One human being. One human being. Won two right? billion dollars in one day. It's just not right. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> it's not incredible. right. Mm -hmm. And it's our money. Well, not our money, but it's whoever. Mm -hmm. I guess it's partly my money. But yeah, <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money. I know. And if that person won $2 billion, how much money did the states 
rake in from people investing in that, right? Like they get like half, right? Just go right? here's two billion dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. They go. Well, they get half in taxes, but they also get you know whatever went into it. So, like, huh? Interesting. I know. A billion. A billion. Even if you if if you took the cash out and let's say he just walked away with a billion. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Poor guy. Loser. <laughs> yeah. I know. Can't they, <laughs> we got a billion? Can't they spread the wealth and you know, just give everybody a million? Give ten people a million. I mean, well, that's the thing is, if you got somebody did, if you if you matched, there was somebody in somewhere in California, I think that that matched all the numbers, but not the Powerball number. How crappy would that oh, be? Yeah. And but won a million dollars. Oh, well, still a billion. <laughs> so, you know, you do win money if you get some of the things, but still, Bill, two billy I can't even get my head around that much money. Me either. <laughs> but I try. Yeah. <laughs> there was somebody who won, but it was a lot of money. He decided to pick up his winnings with a with a costume on, like full on costume so that nobody could recognize him or anything. <laughs> oh. I think I would do the same. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have, yeah. You'd, that way no one can bug you. Yeah. You'd have relatives coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm your third cousin from, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I'm going to be giving blood today. Oh, wow. You're good at that, Anna. You do that a lot. I haven't done that in a long time. Definitely since before COVID. Yeah, and they probably need it now more than ever. Mm-hmm. They keep begging. Do you have they, special blood? I got uh, O positive. That's a universal blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyone can use my blood. That's awesome. You're so special. Oh, thank you. Well, I think there's a lot of O positives and O negative people out there, right? I don't know. It seems like most people are A or B. Oh. My dad was AB. He was constantly getting called to give blood. Mm. Yeah. He was like, I don't have any left. (laughs) But he did it. My tank is empty. Yeah, he did as much as he could, which was... I learned from him how important it is, watching him do it. Um, Yeah. But I just... I I think it slipped my mind, but you have reminded me that it's time to do that. Yay. I'm going to the one at Bloodworks Northwest. But there are plenty of ways to to give blood. Yeah, Red Cross of, is one too. Red Cross. Some of these guys do blood drives. Mm-hmm. How do you feel afterwards? How do you, you bounce back pretty quick? Yeah, I think so. I eat enough cookies and raisins. <laughs> <laughs> cookies, raisins and orange. Don't they still give you orange juice? Yeah, you get that choice, but they also have a lot of water bottles, and then they give you these, you know, hydrate powders, electrolyte powders to, to add into them that taste so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Blizzards? They give you Dairy Queen blizzards? Ooh. Pizza? Mm. You could take might, yourself maybe out. Maybe too much sodium. You could be like, if yeah. I give blood, I'll take myself out for ice cream and pizza. There you go. <laughs> but not beer right away. Give that a little time. <laughs> what a good buzz. <laughs> not that i know anything about that <laughs> well everybody thank you for voting that's uh this is a big election yeah it's important yeah. to vote no matter what you're for or, or which side you're on or what people you're for even in california yeah um <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. pleased that for the most part there was a pretty good voter turn on there's some places that was less than others but i think a lot of people got mobilized apparently a lot of youngins mm-hmm. youngins got mobilized which is good that is good. Yes. Well, Harry Styles did a lot, even though he's not uh, American. 
uh, to get people registered to vote. He was on a real what campaign. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's the thing that sets it apart from a lot of countries, you know, is that yeah. ability to, to do that. Yeah, and that, you and know. It does. It's funny, I, we have mail-in voting here, and I still wait to the last minute. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, it's easy to forget that it hasn't always been something that we could do. And so I try to keep yeah. that in mind. It, it, it really is a privilege. Well, I always think if you don't use it, you might lose it. I really try to keep that in mind in practice. I mean, I didn't wait till the last minute. I gave myself at least three days. But still, I, I would mm-hmm. see it and I was like, you know what? This is a privilege. It's a privilege. <laughs> I used to go with my mom to vote. We'd go in the little, they'd let me go in because I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And um, you'd go and there, you'd pull this lever and like a curtain would come. And then you'd click all these little levers to vote for people. It's like clink, clink, clink. It was just so satisfying. So much more satisfying than filling in circles. Yeah. <laughs> and putting yeah. it in the mail. They don't get a sticker when you put it in the mail. I know. In fact, uh, Krispy Kreme was giving around, giving away donuts to those who voted and no sticker was required. So I'm not sure how they quite figured that out. I guess it was the honor system. <laughs> the honor <guess> system. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you vote? Yes. Give me my Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for hot glazed donut. <laughs> that, have I, I told Krispy you guys Kreme. about the time, I, the first time I ever had Krispy Kreme with my brother? No. I, I, told, I, I tell everyone this story. I'm surprised I haven't told you. My brother is a cardiologist, and uh, the one time I was in Atlanta, this is like 25 years ago before Krispy Kreme was anywhere, and he's like, oh, God, you got to have these donuts. They're so good. And um, he, we went and we got hot, fresh Krispy Kreme donuts, and then he, he bought to go. He bought some crullers, these little crullers they have to go, and we go home, and the next morning he, he takes the cruller, and he slathers it in butter, and he microwaves it. <laughs> It was like the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. Where'd you learn about this? He's like, from one of my patients. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I know him. (laughs) Oh, no. You can't have any more, but I'm going to try it. (laughs) What is his feeling on steak? (laughs) I don't know if you can get the crullers anymore. I mean, I'm sure you can get them at Krispy Kreme. You used to be able to get them in the store, too, but anyway. Crullers. I guess I never heard of crullers. It's just like this little mini old-fashioned donut. It's like a mini, mini donut. Oh, okay. I do notice, I don't know, maybe it's the whole country now, but the Northwest is obsessed with donuts. Like, there's Voodoo and all these (laughs) other, like, fancy, giant, like, donuts that are topped with a thousand things, and they're enormous. But there's just nothing like a good old-fashioned Krispy Kreme. Just that plain, hot, glazed donut right when it falls off the conveyor belt is so good. It's the best. Which is a big reminder of less is more. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those big donuts are fun and all that stuff, but, you know. Yeah. And cupcakes, too. Cupcakes are, like, huge and enormous. Yes, over here. Mm -hmm. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but just, like... Good old-fashioned, like, mom's bake sale right? Uh, cupcake. I could eat, like, yeah. eight of those. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with Dunkin' Donuts, and when I came here and there's no Dunkin' Donuts, I'm like, ha! You're like, where do the cops hang out? <laughs> <laughs> where do the cops hang out? You know, the other donut shop. <laughs> the bikini barista. <laughs> oh, shout out to our morning guy, Seth. Yeah. What, did he, what was his costume? I wasn't there on, on Monday, oh, but I heard it was so good. Yes, so he won overall best design because he was a dirty cop. 
fact, when I got to work, he had changed in my studio. And so his mustard ketchup slathered shirt was in there. And uh, <laughs> 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 he, he was funny. He, before we knew who won, he said to me, yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody got it. I don't think they got the concept. And then he ended up winning overall design. <laughs> yeah. So he had like a regular, like a full uniform on, but it was just yeah. slathered with Dirt. junk. Yeah. And he had a badge, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what, what were you this year, Anna? Your, your costume is usually some kind of installation. Like it takes up half the room, which I love. <laughs> oh, have, I didn't, you go, have always I didn't go to work creative. that day. Yeah, she so wasn't I didn't there. dress up. Oh man! Yeah, no, I had three days off that I really needed, mm. and I needed a burn too, or else I would have lost it. So, my daughter's birthday is the day after Halloween. Yeah, oh my God, you I was, were in labor on Halloween. I was not. Uh, she wasn't born until the evening of November first. So you were in labor I on Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, due date was Halloween. Were you just like crossing your legs, going no? <laughs> I wouldn't have minded. I wouldn't have minded. She was like, nope, I'm waiting a day. When she Isn't went out, like, it was fast. Oh, she just shot out like a, like a little cannon. She, <laughs> it was so fast they wouldn't let me get the epidural, but that's fine. <laughs> Natural's fine too, everyone. Yeah. I had all three of mine yeah. natural because I was on an island and we couldn't plan an epidural. And uh... Oh, they wouldn't let you guys have epidurals or was it just they didn't have them? Well, they just couldn't plan them because, you know, they didn't know when you were going to have the baby. So if you went in and it happened to not be a weekend and it was a weekday and there was somebody there, then, yeah, they'd do it. But you couldn't plan it. And, of course, all my kids came, it seemed like, always on a weekend or night when nobody was there. And so, uh, wow. you know, even after the first one, I had two more. So I, th I think you You're should like, get an award, this. you know, I mean, but. Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> Yeah, I said should. You said should, and I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> I'm going to raise you. Sometimes oh, you can't should. Sometimes should's okay. Every once in a while. It's the one exception. Well, we probably should yeah. wrap this up. Where can we find you guys on the social media? I am on Twitter at Claire Beverly, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-E-V-E-R-L-Y. And I'm Coach Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, on Facebook. And I'm uh, on Twitter for now, until further notice, oh. at I-M-A-N-N-A-D. You know, because the whole Elon Musk thing. I know. Everybody's starting to go to Mastodon and whatever. Ugh. What are the other alternatives? Let's listen and learn. What's it, what are the alternatives to Twitter if we don't want to deal with, with Musk? The, the only one I've heard about is Mastodon, and it seems a little complicated right now. There's different, like, you got to join a thing, and there's a part, and it's not... It's a little, it's a little erie -er erie -er right now, but you know, it's free, so why not? I think it's free. Mastodon, be like Krispy Kreme. Simple is best. Yeah, simple is best. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not worried about Twitter. I really, I'm really not. I mean, yeah, he might be Doctor Evil. I don't know. He he does have a whole bunch of cars out there that run on great batteries, and some of them can drive themselves, and he's pretty much revolutionizing space so True that. I, think he, I don't think he's gonna let it go too far so you'll give far. him the benefit of the doubt at the yeah, yeah i am giving him the benefit of the doubt at this point <laughs> but that's just me i everybody's got their own thing i'll check out mastodon i don't want to miss out i'm like and elon if you could fix the fact that uh, some of your tesla they crash so much. <laughs> your your tesla yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you like make sure your batteries stop catching on fire? <laughs> yeah. Near seawater. Less you. catching on fire 
And if you could screen your drivers, I don't mean the self-driving. I mean the actual people who, like, steer and brake and stuff. If you could teach them how to, like, use turn signals and go the speed limit and not be dicks, <laughs> yeah, that would help a ton. Definitely. ton. New Tesla, you know, please... You know, put either a license plate or, or the license plate number taped to your window. Don't just go, you know, right. empty. Stealth, yeah. <laughs> Stealth. <laughs> Commando. <laughs> also, learning how to navigate parking lots would be super helpful, Tesla owners. Parking lot, not that hard. In the space, out of the space, go the direction you're supposed to go. Go slow. <laughs> Can we bring back the normal steering wheel? Those yokes are driving me nuts. Yeah, I agree. Normal steering weird. wheel. It's just weird. <laughs> Uh, I think Elon needs a suggestion box. He's got one now. It's called Twitter. <laughs> well, hopefully Elon listens. Yeah. But thank you all for listening. Yes. Yes. Give us five stars. Mm-hmm. Five stars. Tell everyone you know. You can tell a few people you don't know. Yeah. I mean, face your fears. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right. Love you guys. Right. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> This is Listen and Learn, or not. Not.